Hallelujah. Come, let's stand to our feet. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the word. Amen. God's word is always alive, living, powerful. And even today, it comes in a fresh way. Let's pray together. Open your hearts and say, Father God, I am ready to receive your word. The word that comes with resurrection life. And I ask, O oh Lord, that this word will bring freedom, deliverance, healing, and hope in my life. And set me free from any bondage, any stronghold, any death that is working in my life. And set me free into the resurrection life that you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Today is Resurrection Sunday. We want to thank you for choosing to worship with us today. Those of you who have come for the first time. We know that there are many great churches in Kohima. But you've chosen to be here. Probably, I believe, because it is God's will also for you to be here. And there is a plan that God has to bless you today. Amen. So just believe in your heart. God is going to bless me in a special way today. Can the children say amen? Alright. Can the children decide say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 28 verses 1 to 6. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Probably they fell under the anointing that the angel was carrying. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. The body of Jesus is not lying in a tomb somewhere. Because he is risen. Amen. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation stone upon which our entire faith rests upon. You take away the resurrection and there is no Christianity. And as Paul said, then our preaching is empty. Your faith is in vain. Paul says, then it means that you are still in your sins. And of all people on the earth, Christians should be the most woeful Christians should be the most pitiable because it means we are still in our sins condemned and guilty however we know today beyond the shadow of any doubt undeniable evidence to the resurrection of Jesus from the texts from the testimony of the witnesses our church leaders who saw him after he resurrected. 
and also billions of people over 2,000 years that Jesus did rise from the dead. Can you say Amen? Then it means this. Our preaching is not empty. Your faith is not vain or meaningless. It also means this. That means we are not in our sins anymore. Every single sin from the beginning of time to the end of time has already been paid for, has been forgiven. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Every single sin of every human being. And Christians are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. But that I don't mean those who adhere to a religion. I'm saying, I'm saying those who believe in Jesus Christ. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We look at Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and they think, wow, they're billionaires. They are really, really blessed. But let me tell you the truth. They are really, really poor people. They're not rich. Because biblical riches is not measured in your material prosperity, but it begins first with having Jesus in your heart. If you have Jesus in your heart, you are never poor. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart, no matter how many palaces you own, you are poor. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Of all people on the earth, Christians are the most blessed. Unfortunately, even today, in many of our churches, our preaching is still empty. And for many Christians, our faith is dry, is meaningless, is just rituals. And many Christians don't live like they are the most blessed people on the earth. Why? I believe the answer is in verse 7. Jesus said, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. This must be told again and again and again to us also, his disciples. We must be taught what the resurrection of Jesus Christ means for our faith. So today's message is called living in the finished reality of salvation. Unless you understand this, your faith will never reach the level where you are reigning in life, reigning over your circumstances, powerful, bold, confident faith. God wants you to have faith. God wants you to be victorious in your faith. How? We must live in the finished reality of redemption. See, three days before the resurrection, Jesus shouted in victory and triumph on the cross. Just before he died, he shouted, it is finished. Hallelujah. And when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant this. That all the law has been fulfilled. Every prophecy declared about him has been fulfilled. All the will of God has been accomplished. And all that is required for salvation and redemption is achieved by him. Every foe, every enemy has been defeated. That's what Jesus means. So when Jesus says, it is finished, what he's saying is, I have completed the work of salvation and redemption. It is done. That's what he's saying. 
See, as far as the father is concerned, he did his work by sending his son. As far as Jesus is concerned, he did his work by dying on the cross for our sins. The Holy Spirit has done his work by resurrecting Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. The resurrection is God's amen to Jesus's, it is finished. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished, the Father from heaven said, amen. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? See, the resurrection is a sign that Jesus' work is fully accepted by God. It means that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is perfectly perfected for eternity so that the Father is completely satisfied. His justice is satisfied. His wrath has been satiated. He is pleased. And that's why Jesus was raised from the dead. When we look at the cross, we see the work of redemption completed. When we look at the empty tomb, what do we see? We see the full acceptance of Jesus' work by the Father. Like I said, as far as the Father is concerned, it is finished. As far as Jesus is concerned, it is finished. He's not working anymore. He's seated on the throne. The main question is, as far as we are concerned, Christians, do we live in the finished reality of salvation? Do we live in this belief that it is finished? This is the difference between a faith that is weak, always begging God to do something, always pleading God to do something for them, or a faith that lives with bold faith confident faith that God has done everything he needs to do for my salvation and all that is required for my part is to believe and to receive. Hallelujah. Done or do? That's the question. Turn to Joshua chapter 6 verses 2 and 3. Joshua chapter 6 verses 2 and 3. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Past tense, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march. In other words, this is your part. This is what you need to do. Around the city, all you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. Even before Joshua and the Israelites possessed Jericho, God said, I have already given you the city. That means as far as God was concerned, in his mind, in his perspective, Jericho was already belonging to Joshua and Israel. Even though they had not conquered the city yet. Hallelujah. See, God's part is this. I have already given it to you. Israel's part was, now go and take it. So there is God's part and there is man's part. God's part was Jesus dying on the cross and Jesus saying, it is finished. He's done it. He's not going to go back on the cross again. Man's part is to believe in that. Can you say amen? See, most Christians believe that God can do anything. How many of you believe that? Can I see your hands? Yes, all of us. But they also believe that God will not do anything for them 
unless they impress God with lots of prayers, lots of fasting, lots of giving, and lots of sacrifice. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8. I want you to see this again. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8. I have given, it's a done work. I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the descendants after them. We see this principle throughout scripture. God's part is to give and God already gave them. Even before they entered the land, God says, I've already given it to you. It's yours. It's a birthright. It's my promise to you. It's yours. Now go in and possess it. This is where our faith must be based on when it comes to the cross. Most Christians, like I said, believe that God can do anything, but they also believe that God will not do anything unless they impress God with the prayer, the fasting, the giving, and the Christian works. So they pray, they fast, and they give in order for God to do something for them. Which means they live in a constant state of trying to get God to do something. Trying to get God to do something. Let's go to church, then God will do something. Let's go and fast, then God will do something. Let's cry before the Lord, then He will do something. But that kind of a faith is a weak faith. You're never sure whether your works are perfect. You're never sure whether He is impressed with your piety. It's an unsure faith. It's an insecure faith. And that's not, that's not where God wants you to place your confidence. Because as far as the Bible is concerned, God has already done everything that is required for our salvation. God's already done. He's already done it. The word salvation is the Greek word soteria. Alright? And it occurs 45 times in the Bible. And it is an all-inclusive word signifying forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, rescue, liberation, and restoration. That's what the word salvation means. Christ's salvation is total in scope for the total man, spirit, soul, and body. So salvation does not mean only that if you die, you will go to heaven, but your life here on the earth, so on, you'll be defeated. But hold on, don't give up because Jesus is coming back. That's what we think about salvation. But salvation is a complete package of God's blessings and benefits and inheritance in Christ, which is guaranteed to us by the finished work of Jesus. By salvation. And as far as God is concerned, salvation is already given to us. Just like he told Israelites, I've already given you the land. Now go and take it. Look at a couple of verses here. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things given to us. The Bible says already given to us. God has already given to us. God has already given to us. God has already given to you. How many of you believe in Jesus? Can I see your hands? God has already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means everything that is necessary for you to live a full life, a, a successful life, a victorious life, a purpose-filled life here on this earth has already been given. 
You just did not know it. Everything that you need to live a godly, powerful life has already been given in salvation. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, past tense, blessed us, past tense, with every, everyone say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Past tense, it is done. It means it is already done. Turn to your neighbor and say, Hoishito. Hoishito. Salvation is done. It is over. As far as God is concerned, it is done. Now, the word done is the foundation stone upon which a bold faith must arise. Let me give you a few more scriptures so that it establishes this belief in your heart. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood. We have, we have, we have. The Bible says we have. The Bible is your constitutional right. How many of you know Article 371A? Can I see your hands? Yeah. Even though you don't know what it means, when you have a fight with anyone, you will say, Article 371A. Your small house, you are fighting for the boundary. Article 371A, right? Nagas? Do you know that the Bible, the epistle lists our constitutional rights in the kingdom of God. The Bible says we already have, have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness, the mind. That means the Bible says you have forgiveness of sins. You don't lose your forgiveness because you sin unknowingly, inadvertently, by mistake once in a while. You don't lose it. Amen. We have. Look at the next verse. Ephesians 1.11 In Him also we have, we have obtained an inheritance. You already have it. Ephesians 1.6 By which He made us accepted in the Beloved. You already accepted. You already loved. But the problem with us is we are trying to be accepted by our church attendance. We are trying to be accepted by our good works. We are trying to be accepted by our prayer. And we pray and we wonder, am I accepted? Did God accept my prayer? Oh, maybe not. You pray again. Oh. And then some weird people will come to your house and say, Hey, it's over to like a pratna to long day. It's over to say kala kala dikhi as a day. Then you get scared. You pray more to be accepted. And your faith is like up and down, up and down. Unsure, full of doubts. The Bible says you already accepted. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Kalong. I'm sorry. Evangelist Kalong. Maybe it's a prophecy. Come quickly. If I give you this Bible, take it. Now, give me a Bible. Isn't it foolish? I've already given it to him. See, many of you are doing that to God. Lord, accept me. And God's like, Lord, accept me. You are already accepted. How many of you believe in Jesus? You're already accepted. You already have an inheritance. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're already sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's like chips in Uncle Chip's packet. It is sealed. See, you are already sealed in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 14. 
giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We are already qualified. Qualified us. He has qualified us. You're already qualified to partake of the inheritance of the saints. You're qualified for healing. You're qualified for provision. You're qualified for peace. You're qualified, hallelujah, to be used by God. You're qualified. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are qualified. The problem with us is we are trying to be qualified. Or if I fast for 40 days, I will be qualified. If I pray one hour, I'll be qualified. If I give 10,000, I will be qualified. We are trying to qualify ourselves when God has already qualified us. Hallelujah. See, as far as God is concerned, He has done His part. But we are begging for Him to do what He has already done. And that's why our prayers are meaningless. Our faith is vain. Hallelujah. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, He has delivered us. Delivered, past tense, from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. No Christian should ever fear any demonic power. No Christian should ever fear the devil. Why? Jesus said, it is finished. His power is finished. He has delivered. How many Christians are afraid of the dark? You're afraid of things under your bed. You can't close your eyes when you're shivering because you feel like someone is looking at you. Huh? We are people, Christians. All power and authority given to us, all blessings already given to us, and yet we live like paupers. Hallelujah, look at that. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We already have. 1 Peter 2, 24. <coughs> Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Were, past tense, healed. When? When Jesus Christ went on the cross. Look at the context. When Jesus bore your sins, what did it happen? On the cross. By his stripes, the wounds on his back, by his stripes, we were, past tense, healed. Healed. It's a word that refers to physical healing. As far as God is concerned, He's already healed you of every sickness. Cancer, TB, whatever it may be, He has healed you already. Alright? Galatians 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeemed. Past tense. Redeemed already from the curse of the law. Any curse that should have come upon you because you have broken God's law, you are already redeemed. And that curses include sickness, it includes poverty, it includes mental illness, it includes depression, it includes 
confusion. It includes panic attacks. You are redeemed. The word redeemed means the price has been paid. The price has been paid. The price has been paid, meaning you don't have to be in mental disorder anymore. You don't have to be in panic attacks anymore. Come out of that place. Hallelujah. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 raised us up together, past tense, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. You're already raised with Christ. You're seated with Christ. That's your true position in Christ. So the question is this, do you need God to heal you today? Do you need God to bless you today? The truth is, you don't need Him to do that. You don't need Him to bless you. You don't need Him to heal you. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already done his part. You already have it. It's yours. You already got it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you already have it. Now this sounds weird to all of us because you might be thinking, Nubujeho, what do you mean I already got it? The doctor report says I have this sickness. My bank account is empty. I'm struggling in pain, anxiety, depression. What do you mean I got it? I don't have anything that you are saying I have. See, regardless of your natural circumstances and the natural facts of life, the Bible says God has already done it. Whatever you need pertaining to life and godliness is already yours. It's connected to the statement, it is finished. Today you need knowledge. Knowledge of the finished work. Asking God to bless you when He has already blessed you is counterproductive. Asking God to heal you when He has already healed you is counterproductive. I'm glad you're thinking. I can hear your thoughts. Hallelujah. Amen. Two keys to understanding this is this. Difference between spirit, soul and body and past, present, and future tense of faith. So you need to understand these two things. Turn first to John chapter 4, verse 24. This is a revelation that if you get it, you will understand this. John chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus, in speaking to the Samaritan woman, explains to her what true worship is. And true worship, you must begin to understand the difference between spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says in verse 24, God is spirit. God is not material, physical, natural things. God is spirit. Spirit things cannot be seen, cannot be touched, cannot be felt, but they exist. They are real. God is spirit. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, even faith is a part of worship. That means your faith must begin first in spirit before it begins in the natural. Your faith must begin in the spirit. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. God is spirit. You know what that means? He will always move first in the spiritual realm. Not in your physical realm. Not in your emotional realm. Not in your life. He will not move first in your circumstance. He will always move first in the spiritual realm. The problem is that the spiritual realm we cannot see. We cannot feel. We cannot touch. Our senses cannot comprehend. We can only believe. 
When Jesus said, it is finished, it was an eternal work, an eternal sacrifice. That means every inheritance, every benefit of salvation that is given to us on salvation, on redemption, has come to us in our spirit account. It is given to us in a spiritual account. It is in the spirit. Everything that God has done for you is in the spirit. It's already given. It's as real as the chair you are sitting on. More real than the clothes you are wearing. But salvation, the benefits of salvation is more real than the clothes you are wearing. It's already given to you. It's in the spirit. It's in your account. But it's in a spiritual place. You can't see it. Then how do I know? Well, the word tells you what's in your account. The Bible tells you what God has done for you. And you come to the word, by faith you believe in the word, and you receive it, you believe in it, and then it manifests in the physical realm. This is how faith operates. Even new age people, mystics of other religion have already understood this. They're already applying it. And Christians have yet to catch up in what the Bible has already told us from the beginning of time till now. God always moves first in the spirit. And then we see the results in the natural, in the physical, in the material world. We are looking for something to happen in the material first before we believe in God. See, there was a father that made a deposit of 20 lakh rupees in his son's bank account without telling the son. So he went to the bank, put 20 lakhs in his bank account. He got a checkbook and then he came and told the son, I have made a deposit of 20 lakh rupees in your bank account and gave him the book. Now the son had never seen the money, never touched the money, never felt the money. So he could have said, but how do I know the money has been put into my account? I've never seen it, touched it, felt it. But he believed because his father is a good man, his father never lies. And the receipt that his father had told the truth was the passbook of the bank. So the son saw, oh, I believe. Did he see the money? But he believed the father, yes. Do you believe that when it happens to you? If you can believe natural earthly things like this, why is it so hard for us to believe our heavenly father when he says, I've already healed you in Christ. I've already blessed you in Christ. I've already forgiven you in Christ. It's here. Your passbook is here. And yet we don't believe him at all. So the son, whenever he wants to withdraw one lakh, 10,000 rupees, he takes the passbook, goes to the bank and says, here, this is in my money, in my bank account. Please, can I withdraw 10,000 rupees? Hallelujah. It's the same. You already have it. The father has already done it. Whether or not, very important, Write it down if you can. Whether or not you see a physical manifestation of what God has already given you in the spiritual realm does not depend on God. It depends on you. 
Whether or not you see a physical manifestation of what God has already given you in Christ does not depend on God anymore. He has already done it. He's put it into your spirit account. Now it depends on you, your faith. Hallelujah. In other words, as we say, the ball is in your court. When someone comes and asks you, can you marry me? That means he's waiting for a response. Don't expect him to come again and ask you, can you marry me? Can you marry me? Can you marry me? You need to respond, right? So God has done his part. Our response determines the manifestation of the blessings. In other words, God is not going to heal you. He has already done it in Christ. Hallelujah. Healing has already been provided. Prosperity has already been provided. Peace has already been provided. Love has already been provided. Wisdom and so on. Every provision is already there. But yet many Christians, instead of living in the finished reality of salvation, we just go through life accepting whatever comes our life. When we feel discouraged, when we feel hopeless, when we feel pain, when we feel depressed, we just accept it as if this is my lot in life. Instead of resisting it. By trusting in the work of God. We just accept whatever comes. Discouragement, we accept it. Depression, hopelessness, we accept it. And then we cry, Lord, please give me some love. Lord, please give me some joy. See, Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, God has already poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You already have love. God's already poured out His love to you. We are praying for peace. Whereas the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 verse 17, we already have peace. You already have peace. Jesus says, I've given you peace. Are you seeing it? Hallelujah. So you must see first. You already have an account. Use your imagination. In heaven, there's an account in your name. All the inheritance of Christ. All that is your benefit, your right, your privileges because of the death of Christ, the resurrected Christ, is in that account. And this is your passbook. This reveals to you what is in your account. So unless you read your passbook, how do you know what money is in your account? Many Christians never read the passbook, but they're always angry at God. God, why did you make me sick? God, why aren't you answering my prayers? God, we're blaming God for doing things He's never done. Hallelujah. The second thing to understand is this, the past, present, and future faith. Our faith has a past tense. We must release faith in what Christ has already done. Salvation is based on what Christ has done. We believe He died for my sins. We believe He buried, He was buried to experience death on my behalf. I believe He was risen from the dead. So my faith is in what has finished. Did you get it? Hallelujah. We are already saved, already forgiven, already redeemed from every curse of the law. Joshua chapter 6 verse 2 and 3 again. Look at that. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you past tense into your hand, Jericho, its king and the mighty man of valor. You shall march, present tense, 
around the city, all you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you shall do present tense. Because I have given you, believe me, and march around the city. And then you will possess it in the future tense. So that's the past tense. God has already given to us in Christ. The present tense of faith is this. Mark 11 verse 24. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you receive. When you pray, believe that you receive. This is present tense. Jesus is emphasizing the importance of believing at the time of prayer. Believing at the time of prayer. The same thing is told to us by John. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 to 15. Turn there quickly. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know healing is his will. Provision is his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have present tense. You must believe you have when you pray. Present tense. There is a past tense. Jesus has done it. Jesus has healed us. Jesus delivered us. Now, this is God's will. I ask for it by faith and when I pray, I must believe present tense that I have what I ask for. Are you getting it? You see, in the mind of God, because Jesus died for it, when you ask for it, in the mind of God, it's already yours. It's already yours. He's already given it to you. In the mind of God, it's already yours. We need to see from his perspective. See, in Joshua chapter 6, God tells Joshua, See, see, I have given. See, I have given. Many of us don't see. That's why we are wondering and wondering. But God said, see. Look through my eyes. See from my perspective. See from the Spirit. I have given. Even today, we need to see from His perspective. He's already given. Don't see from your eyes. Don't see from your feelings. Don't see from your life circumstance. See from His eyes. If you look at media today, you will be thinking... Satan is winning, Jesus is losing. Because bad news, bad news, bad news. Price rising, people fighting, disease increasing. That's problem because we're seeing from our eyes. We need to see from his perspective. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is winning. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Hallelujah. So as far as God is concerned, he's already healed you. He's already blessed you. You have to see from his perspective and see that in his mind, he's already provided it. Whatever benefit of salvation you're believing for, whatever benefit of salvation, he says, you are to believe it belongs to you. The moment you pray, you are to believe you have it. See, my wife told me two years ago that she had ordered some shoes for me online. She told me that she had paid for it with a card and she had the card receipt. 
that receipt that comes from those online stores. So she'd already paid for it. When she told me that, from that moment on, I began to live in expectation of two pair of shoes that are to come. As far as I was concerned, those shoes were mine. Why? Already paid for. We have the receipt. As far as I was concerned, those shoes are mine. Hallelujah. When you order things online, the moment you click buy, do you live in faith that those shoes are yours? Those clothes are yours? Yes or no? Even before it comes. Yes? If you believe in earthly things such as this, why is it so difficult to believe in what God says in His Word? You're already blessed. You're already healed. You're delivered in Christ. When a farmer plants seeds, he does it fully expecting the harvest. When a woman gets pregnant, she is fully expecting a child to be born in nine months' time. There is no doubt about it. The farmer is expecting. The woman is expecting. I was expecting my shoes. In other words, faith has a present tense reality. Those shoes are mine. The woman knows this baby is mine, even though she can't see it. The farmer knows the harvest is mine, even before it comes. See, faith has a present tense reality. In other words, you must believe you have. Peace is yours today. Healing is yours today. Biblical prosperity is yours today. Hallelujah. Deliverance is yours today. Strength is yours today. Don't be impatient. Don't question God. Be composed. Rest in the finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. You must exercise your faith from the place of it is done rather than trying to use your faith to make God do something. Hallelujah. And there's a future tense of faith. Mark 11, 24. Future tense. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Future tense. So we see in the Bible that Jesus has past tense healed us on the cross. He wants us to believe and pray. And the moment we pray, He wants us to believe that we have it. Present tense. And then He said, you will have it. Future tense. Can you say Amen? Faith for anything includes past, present, and future tense. It's always connected to the cross. Always connected to the atonement. Hallelujah. Believe you have is when you release your faith. And then you will have it is when it shows up in our lives. My wife told me that she had bought the shoes. It was mine. I believed it. I kept waiting in faith. I was expecting it. I did not go and tell her, do it again. Do it again. Maybe the order was lost. Maybe some weird guys are sitting on the computer on the other side. Do it again. I did not keep on telling her, disturbing her. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. As far as I was concerned, it is done. I was just expecting the parcel to arrive. The farmer doesn't go plant the seed and go back the next day, take out the seed. Go back the next next day, take out the seed again. Is it growing? No. The moment he plants the seed, 
He's already planned the harvest. When a woman is pregnant, she doesn't get doubtful. Am I really pregnant? Do I have to do it again? No, as far as she's concerned, she's already thinking about the names. Hallelujah. I did not go back to my wife and say, listen, it's not working home. Your order is not working. You know, many times you go and tell God, right? Lord, I prayed, but it's not working. All this prayer stuff, confession stuff, it's not working. And then we come to the conclusion, maybe it is not God's will to heal me. I didn't go to my wife and say, it's not coming. Maybe it's not your will to bless me with those shoes. I didn't go to her even one time. I did not even disturb her at all. In my heart, I was completely at rest. It's coming. Because I can trust Amazon. I can trust Mintra. You trust Amazon more than God, many of you. You trust Flipkart more than God. The moment you order, you are at rest. You're not even bothered. But when you pray, you're worried the whole night. Why? Because you're so mindful of natural things and not of spiritual things. The Word of God. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. God has already redeemed us from fear, from sickness, from poverty, from guilt, every power of darkness. He's already done it. He has done it. He has done it. He's not going to do it again. So your begging and your crying is a waste of time. Now your present tense faith is believe He has done it and it's already yours. It's in your account. Believe it. And fight from that place where you believe it is done. Rather than fighting from a place where you're trying to get it done. It is easier to fight from victory than to fight for victory. Did you get it? It is easier to defend what you already have than to try to work hard to get something. And you have already been given an inheritance in Christ. You already have it. Your faith is to defend it, not to get God to give it to you again. It's Satan who's trying to come and steal your healing, steal your peace, steal your joy. It's not God. We use our faith against the enemy to preserve and protect what's already given to me by God. That means there is a fight to faith. The Israelites had to fight. They still had to fight. God says, I have given it to you, but they still had to go and fight their enemies. But they did not have to fight with all the might, strength and power because God was fighting for them as they went. In the same way, you have to fight the fight of faith. You have to keep on believing because the moment you believe you have healing, your symptoms will come back sometimes. Your thoughts will disturb you. Your friends will tell you, look, your prayers are not being answered and all your physical circumstances will be a war of thoughts and feelings and impressions coming at you from the outside and from the inside, you have to keep on believing. Keep on trusting. And keep on speaking what you have in Christ. This is powerful. Because so many Christians are missing it here. They're missing it here. They know that God can do anything. But they also believe that God will not do anything unless they beg, cry, plead, beat themselves. 
confess the sins, father sins, forefather sins, tribe sins, all the way to Adam. You're missing it because God has already done it. He has already done it. Can you say amen? So many times we pray opposite to the word of God. Hallelujah. Look at Philemon verse 6. I'm going to close here. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible says good things are already in you. Already in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. In Christ, you already have all the blessings of salvation. In other words, God has already given you good things in Christ. You already have it. Don't look into your body. Don't look in your mind. Don't look into your souls. Don't look in your bank account. Look at Christ. Look at your spiritual account. Look at the Bible. You already have it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm rich in Christ. You already have it. You already have those things in Christ. If you are a believer, you have it. Now the Bible says, acknowledge it. Acknowledge. When somebody gives you a new pair of shoes, you like to wear it. Wearing that new pair of shoes is acknowledging that you have it and acknowledging the giver. So the Bible is saying, whatever God has given to you in Christ, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Speak it. Your faith will become effective. Your faith will become powerful. Your faith will become meaningful. Your faith will produce when you acknowledge what you have in Christ. Hallelujah. So instead of saying, Lord, where are you? Acknowledge, Father, I thank you that you are with me. Because he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Instead of praying, Lord, raise your love. I don't feel the love. I don't feel the love. Acknowledge by faith. Father, I thank you that you love me. I feel dry. I feel terrible. I feel depressed. But I thank you that you love me. You're acknowledging what God has already given you in Christ. And when you acknowledge that, it changes things on the inside. It breaks the power of lies and darkness in your heart. Hallelujah. Just begin to acknowledge what the Bible says you have. And then you will see it manifesting in your life. Many Christians pray, Father, if it is your will, please be with me. Don't leave me. Right? If it is your will to be with us on this journey, please be with us on this journey. Instead of acknowledging that God has said in Christ, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is powerful. See, understand this. You do not need God to respond to you. You need to respond to God. Write it down. This is where we are missing it. We are trying to do things to get God to respond to us. If I go to church, He will respond to me. If I do good works, He will respond to me. 
If I pray very hard, He will respond to me. No. He has already done everything in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. He has already healed you, blessed you, redeemed you, forgiven you in Christ. Now our part is to respond to His work, respond to His grace by saying, Father, I believe you died for my sins. I ask you for forgiveness and I thank you that I have it in Jesus' name. Respond to Him instead of getting Him to respond to you. He's done the work. Hallelujah. He's done it. Our part is only to respond to Him. Hallelujah. See, we need to change our mindset when it comes to faith. We need to believe that this has already happened on the cross, past tense. We need to believe we have that present tense and then we will see it how many of you know that there is CNN in this room right now Republic TV someone is shouting and screaming right now here Republic TV the nation needs to know it's already here all you need to do is bring a TV have the appropriate instruments and you can pull in the FM waves the television waves you cannot see it but it's already here. If we can believe such natural things as this, why can't we use that same belief into the spiritual things? Apply it to the spiritual realm. You're already blessed. You're already healed. You're already delivered. It's not just a confession we make and thinking, now this is where many of us are missing it. You're thinking your confession produces. No, your confession doesn't produce anything. It's already been produced by God in Christ. It's already there. Your confession is only a declaration of what you believe. But your confession does not make your healing. And that is where word of faith people miss it. Because rather than believing that Christ has already done it, they're thinking that they will do it by their confession. So the more you confess, you will get it. You're trying to produce healing by your confession rather than believing God has already given it to you. And my confession is my belief in what I have, not my believing causing me to have. If you're confused, watch the same sermon on YouTube again. All right, God will give you the revelation. There is more that is going on than what you perceive with your eyes. With your senses, your feelings. There's a spirit world out there that is more real than the natural world. And the Bible tells us what is in a spiritual account. That God in Christ has declared it is finished to Jesus' death and burial. And that's when Jesus was resurrected. And that has become the foundation of our faith. That we believe from the finished work of Christ, we already have. And then we will have it in our lives. Hallelujah. If you don't understand this, you will miss a lot of things in your Christian life. Hallelujah. You must relate to God the way He describes it in the Word. 
rather than trying to get Him to relate to us our way. As far as He is concerned, it is done. I have to see now from His perspective. It's not a matter of trying to get God to move. It's a matter of me coming to agreement with what He said. Just agree with what He said. Even if it doesn't make sense. Hallelujah. Are you blessed today? If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at PayTM. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.